a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Hello, everyone. My name is Priyank Shrestha. I'm the news editor at Energy Live News. And welcome to this podcast where I'll be talking to Sarah Joliffe, who's one of the speakers at Energy Live Expo on the 5th of November. Uh, so for those of you who haven't heard of uh, Energy Live Expo before, uh, it's uh, ELN's annual event and it's taking place at the QE2 Centre in London. So we're back to the same venue. Uh, and this year's theme is climate change doing our bit. So about what businesses are doing to tackle climate change. Uh, so you can find the full details on the ELN website. Uh, and if you don't already know, it's free to attend for energy end users. Uh, so please don't forget to register. Uh, so, Sarah, I'll come to you, if that's okay. We'll start with you initially, just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you do as well. Great. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, so, yeah, my name's Sarah Jolliffe. I work for a civil engineering organisation uh, called Bam Nuttall. Uh, we're part of a larger conglomerate of 10 companies um, by the Dutch-owned Royal Bam Group. And so my role, basically, I'm an energy manager at Bam Nuttall. It's a sole role. I'm embedded within an environment team mm -hmm. and my function in the business is to look after energy contracts, carry out energy audits and manage the uh, loads of data that we have on uh, sustainability to compose our sustainability report. So well, that's, that's more or less in a nutshell uh, what I do now. <laughs> okay. Um, so obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the theme for this year's event is about climate change and what businesses are doing um, for, uh, in their part. So uh, let's talk about um, what uh, Bam Nuttall is doing. So I think one of the things uh, that I know is about the science-based targets. We've seen an increasing number of uh, businesses, obviously, um, setting science-based targets. So tell us a little bit about that and why you think it's a good fit for the business. Sure. Um, so the science-based target, basically, if uh, for those of you who have not come across it yet, uh, is basically linked to, when we say science-based, we mean it's actually linked to the absolute basket of carbon emissions that the scientists have derived and okay. that would, would lead to a two degrees warming scenario. Um, so from my understanding of that, that entire basket of emissions calculated back to 1990 is two and a half thousand gigatons which is a huge number, it's completely unfathomable to our, our tiny minds. Mm -hmm. um, but in a nutshell, what, what has revealed by this initiative now, the science-based target is a conglomerate of several organizations, CDPs in there, um, WWF, mm -hmm. and essentially up to 2030, we've, we've got about a thousand uh, gigatons left of emissions that we can emit, and that will categorically lead to a, a scenario of warming. So, that, that's not a great thing. So in terms of the science-based target, what that is an attempt to do is link an organization's emissions reductions to that gigaton level um, of carbon emissions. So, you know, it's a, it's a really good fit for us because traditionally it's just been a, almost a finger in the air type exercise, really, but mm -hmm. by doing a, a reduction strategy, something that sounds good, um, something that's a chunky number. Um, but But of course, that doesn't really link very well to the absolute basket of emissions and, and so this methodology gives us a, a really good fit for that. Um, so you uh, talked about emission strategies so how have you as a business um, set out this uh, emissions reduction pathway would you say? Do you mean like internally externally? Yes internally yeah. Yep yeah. yeah, internally so 
Uh, building construction, it's uh, stereotypically quite a, a project-centric business where mm. project managers are, are quite uh, quite driven to manage their own projects in their own way. And inevitably, that doesn't really stimulate too much innovation, particularly when it comes to lowering carbon. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that this framework gives us in terms of a overarching goal and subsequent strategy is to actually go and uh, talk to these people, have a more stronger communication strategy, and and embed that, you know, right from the senior leadership uh, of the business. So we've we've seen our chief executive go around in the the annual uh, performance roadshows, and every single project manager and employee of this business has heard now for what the size waste target's about, which is really good. And that's further strengthened by the kind of work that I'm doing and my um, my peers as well within the company to go to projects, carry out the audits on energy, and just really raise the profile that they need to be more uh, more uh, climate efficient. Um, so for those businesses who may have may not have um, set these science-based targets, why would you say uh, going through the science-based route is crucial then for business? What are some of the benefits, would you say, for businesses in doing that? It's, it's certainly more relatable, I think, mm -hmm. and one of the drivers, and it's by no means the most important driver, but I know one of them is the uh, affiliation we have with the CDP, the Climate Disclosure Project, because mm -hmm. that that's a, a hugely significant objective for uh, our shareholder and also ex external uh, stakeholders and clients alike. They they want to see companies such as ours have a a much stronger affiliation with being green. And being low carbon, and the SBT as a, as a subsequent der derivative of the CDP means that it is a good fit, and people can relate to it much more easily, whether they're internal or external. Um. So, how would you say uh, this has helped your business then? Um. It certainly helped us in terms of uh, PR. Certainly, good to secure in the future and winning more winning work as well. So that's mm -hmm. something we definitely value with that. Uh, but what it also offers, uh, of course, we've seen just lately that, that uh, our young people in society are becoming quite empowered about carbon and uh, climate change. So mm -hmm. what that also gives us is a, as an advert to them say, well, you know, our company is doing our bit. So you know, there's traditionally quite a, a recruitment issue in construction. So we see that as, you know, over the course of time that uh, these people will want to come and work for a company that is doing the right thing. Um, and uh, when you talk about all these initiatives you might be undertaking uh, in your business, obviously one of the big things is energy efficiency. I'm sure you've come across when you go to industry events as well. Um, energy efficiency should be one of the most, most uh, important infrastructure priority for government. Uh, we've heard that from loads of people in the industry. Um, so how crucial do you think that is in terms of moving towards this uh, now, our now net zero 2050 goal? I, yeah, this is an interesting one because I was brought into the energy industry more or less about four or five years ago, so fairly, mm -hmm. fairly young into it, really, on the back of practical um, engineering background with this business. And you know what, what I see, I see a lot of terminology get thrown around about energy efficiency, and and actually the the whole point of that is to reduce carbon. It's always beneficial to the bottom line, so the the cost reductions that are associated with uh, energy efficiency. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, are obviously going to be there in terms of that, but the to be energy efficient in of itself doesn't mean it's going to be low carbon. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and and that is obviously the point to it so more and more i see uh you know being of a low carbon source of energy doesn't necessarily mean we have to be particularly efficient about the way we use it and some of of the things that i've seen documents wise because i'm quite heavy into the data world with this is the actual energy consumption per capita of of the population even more than the, the whole globe is actually set to increase um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be efficiently used energy um, just because there's more of us so for me it's more about how we generate in that energy in a low carbon way from renewable sources mm-hmm. um, energy efficiency absolutely important fundamental if we're looking to save on costs um, so you're, you're, so you, what you're trying to say is um, more of the renewable energy will help us towards this low carbon agenda than actually being more energy efficient. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so is that sure. something? Is that the direction where the, your company is uh, moving towards? Then would you be investing more in renewable energy than in, in energy efficiency? Absolutely, yeah. And and coming back to that point, absolutely. That if we're, if we're being more efficient as a business, which mm-hmm. of course construction is always aiming to be. And that's that's beneficial only to the cost and only to what we deliver. It's not beneficial to its its carbon output. Uh, so our our focus is definitely on uh, bringing renewable technology to the construction process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to just uh, go back to what you said earlier about you coming into uh, being an energy manager only recent over the last five years or so. Um, I was just interested in finding out how, why um, why be an energy manager now then coming from an engineering background? How did you come into it? Well, it's really data has uh, <laughs> made me more involved with this. I think that's the common theme through my entire work and existence. Um, when you say far, data, what do you mean? Everything really. This uh, d- data is is the food for all of this. It it drives us to have the decisions. It drives the decisions that we make. Um, if it's given in the right way, and it mm-hmm. takes out all of the unknowns in, in the world that we are. So as an engineer, I'd use that to make sure that things were set out in the right place and that we were delivering projects against program and things like that. But in the world of energy, it means, you know, where can we identify spots where we're perhaps using too much energy and what are the, the highest carbon um, forms of energy we're using? So that's mm-hmm. possibly one of the strands as to why I've come from more of that practical side of things to moving into this world. Um, but, but I know it's given a huge wealth of knowledge because I couldn't do this role without having that practical understanding of how it relates. Yeah, so that's quite interesting because I, th- I think data is also something that we've heard about a lot recently. And we have, we've been told uh, by those in the industry that it will be crucial um, in every business. So, and I'm sure this is something we will be discussing at NH Live Expo as well. So for you as an energy manager, how do you think data, what kind of role do you think data plays um, as an energy manager? It's, it's fundamental to, to what arguments you present to the business because my, my capacity in this role to this company, I, I don't control a budget as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so my, my capacity is only really to advise on those things and without the strength of that data and the way to visualize it, it, it becomes very difficult to base your arguments to say, well, actually, you know, business, go and buy this uh, solar panel perhaps and uh, fit it here. So you, you really need that data. It's uh, fundamental to having those discussions. Um, so for, say, an energy manager who might be listening in um, to this podcast, what would be your tips or maybe 
three three tips uh, to the energy manager who is who is maybe looking into using data uh, as part of their day to day job? Uh, I think keep it simple, definitely. And uh, I, I do know that there's an awful lot of science and exacting figures when it comes to analyzing information and you know one can get bogged down in that yeah too much. it can be quite difficult to <laughs> look into it's, it's not something that's worth the time you can see what i mean it's better to rely on on well-tested rule of thumb type uh, methodologies mm -hmm. and, and obviously using real data so keeping it simple is absolutely fundamental i think um also going after low-hanging fruit is going to be absolutely an obvious choice there because i'm not going to go changing 10 halogen spotlights for leds when i know that the heating <laughs> system for examples run on uh, some old uh, gas boiler and things so mm -hmm. there's these kind of things but of course in construction it's it's wildly different and i i have come to learn this in in my relatively short tenure in the role mm -hmm. uh, is energy in of itself is very very much focused on, on uh, buildings and manufacturing and kind of really repeatable processes uh -huh. which which I don't find in construction is, is more of a thing. So it, our, our world is delivering unique projects everywhere we go. Yeah, you know, so what would you say is your main challenge then in on construction sites? The construction sites, typically there's, there's, there's two big issues, a short-term nature of them. Uh, mm. So that it, it really knocks out any, any real financial benefit, I guess, which is where some of the arguments fall down uh, to to get in projects to actually like invest in new technologies so that's one of them the, the other one of course is that where we do turn up to a site mm -hmm. we often find ourselves only able to use liquid fuel power generation for, for what we're doing so mm -hmm. that's largely as a fact of we, we could be tens of miles away from any nearest infrastructure to connect to so what would you say is the main blocker then to adopting grid power connections on construction sites right now it's it is certainly the the cost, the low cost of liquid fuels, and that that is something which is historically really sapping our ability to to have the innovation, particularly in plant use that we use in our diggers and excavators and all this uh, telehandlers. But that's a real issue for us because it needs to be somewhere in the order of one pound fifty per litre. Mm -hmm. To make too much sense, then to start looking at renewable technologies or grid connections. And particularly for the short-term nature of, of what we do so that, that's a real blocker and as I mentioned we, we could be tens of miles away from uh, power infrastructure and as some of your listeners are going to know it's it can cost tens of thousands of pounds to bring a connection to site that mm -hmm. we may not need for, for six months or so yeah so how, how would you I mean what would what do you think could be the the short-term solution for that then I think the what we're seeing now, and this wasn't the case even five years ago, but I know of a few of our sites now are adopting fuel cell technology for use on, on their sites to power the accommodation and welfare units, mm -hmm. which is, is very encouraging to see. And I think that's been born out of our communication to those projects to say, go and look at these things, but also some of their own spontaneity to actually look into the, the financial cases for these things, which clearly are starting to change but you know the, the balance is moving on so mm -hmm. um yeah and, and uh, i'm guessing you'll be covering all of this at energy live expo as well yeah absolutely and it's something i'm really looking forward to sharing thoughts with uh, 
peers, colleagues, and and the public as well. Um, the re yeah, the reason. So I just want to move on to a different topic, just because obviously we don't have much time. Uh, but um, for our, for those uh, for those listening, obviously Sarah will be there at Energy Live Expo. So any questions, I'm sure she'll be more than happy to answer, Sarah. Um, uh, so another thing, um, obviously we've seen. Um, is electric vehicles a lot of businesses now moving towards this low carbon agenda and trying to tackle climate change and reduce emissions is um, electrifying their vehicle fleets in businesses um, mm -hmm. so where are you your your company in terms of doing that then yeah so right now this, this is a key focus and it's something when, when we talk about the the science-based target as i mentioned it's, um, it provides you that pathway and as part of that pathway um, of course, electrification of our transport system mm -hmm. is, is absolutely key. That represents a, a good fifth of that pathway. So, yeah, it's the electric vehicles, as we are currently, is keeping pace with the market trend mm -hmm. on electric vehicles. And to summarise where I see that is at the moment is that the, the, the price, the return of that isn't strong enough for us to make those investments, nor is it for our lease companies that we use. Uh, so that that's a limiting factor. But also the case, therefore, the infrastructure used to charge these things is a limiting factor. Mm -hmm. So you're so, saying it's the cost. The cost is the main issue for you. The cost right now is is a bit of a blocker for us. Yeah. And I know that for so for company cars, mm -hmm. uh, we've, we've introduced things like carbon caps. So people at least can go in with a little bit more that uh, they're limited on their choices for what they can get per, per grade. But of course, it, it doesn't help so much if they haven't got the choice to have an electric vehicle in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that, that is the thing. But we have installed things like the, the charging infrastructure is going up at all of our regional offices this year, which mm -hmm. is, is quite helpful. So we're trying to facilitate our employees to be able to do that. So is this something, is this um, one of the issues your peers have as well in terms of uh, rolling out electric vehicles um, and it being too costly? Absolutely. And and moreover as well, there's you know, coming back to the, the data story, if you like, the uptake of company cars has slipped in the last five years by around 10 percent for us. Mm -hmm. And there are several reasons for that. But of course, cost is, is number one and people are not prepared to actually pay for the convenience of having the company cars over and above. They could run something around themselves. Would you say that you as an energy manager, is it difficult for you to maybe make that business case um, to those holding the purse strings about investing in electric vehicles? It, it is, yeah, absolutely. It's um, And somewhat of a, there's variables with this as well, of course, because vehicles can come out, as we found with the with Dieselgate and the VW scandal, that, mm -hmm. you know, the pub published factors for these things and, and also the financial case for doing these things isn't always what is realized on the, in the real world. Right, that's very interesting. Um, I'd love to actually find out more about that. Um, but obviously we don't have too much time to get into uh, too much detail at the moment. Um, but just to wrap it up, um, if you could, um, in your view, um, tell us what, how you think that we can inspire people or businesses um, to take ownership of the carbon that they can control? I think there has to be more of a long-term view of, of this issue. There's, mm -hmm. there's been a lot of burying their heads in the sand and there's also been a lot of playing with numbers. And I know that 
the, the numbers game and the data game is, is very powerful and if used in the right way is obviously very clear and people can see the benefit of that, which is why CDP features, but it can also be used for forces for evil and manipulation of those things to show a more positive story is also apparent. So um, the best thing to do there would be, is be careful with what is being measured, assess your baselines well, but also do a lot more of the hearts and minds stuff because with all of this stuff, the reason we exist in business in construction is to build environments for society to thrive, particularly mm -hmm. civil engineering. And you know, with, without the consumer driving that, then the, these things can have a bit of a, a perpetual um, fulfilling, can't they? Because if we want stuff as a consumer, then we turn to various outlets to get those things. So I think heart to mind stuff, if we want to make a change, particularly to limit carbon, is to um, you know get get that really home get that message home mm -hmm. uh, that's great Sarah thank you it was lovely speaking to you uh, but just before we sign off just a last question for you obviously about Expo um, so tell us a little bit about what you're going to be talking about at Expo and why should people come to the event sure so the Energy Live Expo um, is on the 5th of November and uh, Q2 Conference Centre at London I've been for the last two years on a trot and this year I've got a great opportunity to speak about uh, our company's enrollment into the science-based target initiative and I'd like to inspire others to also join that cause as well and there'll be hundreds of other professionals there like myself and from all sectors so please come and get involved. That's great. Sorry, I did say last question, but it was interesting because you said you've been to uh, our expo events before twice. So what mm -hmm. was it that, why is it that you wanted to come back? What was the reason, would you say? I've always felt that there's, it's, it's a bit of a balance because sometimes you go and you see some new technology or some innovations coming through. So it's that stuff that's really important to find out. Um, but also it's great to come and talk to professionals and see where the direction of travel for policy is and also the lie of, lie of the land in people's opinions of these things as well. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much for your time, Sarah. So uh, remember, everyone, the event is on the 5th of November at the QET Centre in London. Uh, it's free for energy end users, so do make sure you register. You can head on over to the ELN website to do that. Uh, thank you all very much for listening, and I will speak to you soon. Remember, you can register for Energy Live Expo. If you're interested in registering for this event, taking place on the 5th of November at the QE2 Centre in London, just visit energylivenews.com slash events slash expo. That's energylivenews.com slash events slash expo and get registered today for free.